morning crypto good morning warriors hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel good morning crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from a top crypto research team in the world i'm your host abs joined by several members of our 3t family this morning we got mario also known as the node defender joining us on this thursday and the italian stallion will be here any minute guys so i am very excited for today's show Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how David Schwartz compares the XRPL to Google, stating that XRP could be a winner for cross-border payments in the short term. While 2024 is looking like a massive year for XRP's evolution, we're going to break down several amendments that could hit the XRPL, changing the way people like us interact with XRP. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Mario, we got a ton of exciting news to get into, but as you saw before the show, the David Schwartz interview with Tony Edward is something we're going to be breaking down at the beginning of this thing. And we may take a different approach than other channels. So I'm excited to do that. How are you feeling? And thanks for being here. Feeling good, brother. Good morning. Sending everybody out there love. I'm happy to be here. Grateful to be here. So I hope everybody's doing amazing out there. Hope you're doing amazing abs and look forward to talking to Johnny when he jumps on. Absolutely, guys. And don't be afraid to comment in the live chat. We love our man, Johnny Crypto, but it's always funny to give him a good time. We got 191 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we look at some of our daily movers this morning, we are seeing red bubbles across the board. We've got XLM up 0.6%, but the rest of the market is down about 3% today. When we check out, about, check out our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at $1.54 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 50% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin below 40000 sitting at 39600 Ethereum is 2185 We've got Solana trading at 86 and XRP barely maintaining $0.50 cents this morning, guys. But here's the thing. XRP's price action, everyone's disappointed. We've talked about it several times on this channel, but let's bring some positivity into 2024 because what we're seeing this year, several major amendments are set to take place on the XRPL. And we're also going to incorporate the XRP lawsuit into this whole thing. But let me just break down some news from this morning, and then I'm going to play this David Schwartz video. So breaking news from this morning, XRP clawbacks have finally reached 80% voting on their threshold to pass on the XRPL. What this means is after 14 days of, of sustained voting at 80%, the amendment is set to officially be approved. This will have a huge impact, and we've got this article to break down, but David Schwartz does a great job, so that's how I feel like starting the show. Here we go, guys. Get ready for an exciting episode. What, what are you looking forward to this year? Uh, <laughs> well, reg regulatory clarity or resolution to the lawsuit, obviously, would, you know, would, would be, there, there, there is some reasonable chance that, that, that Ripple's lawsuit with the SEC will be, resol will be resolved in 2024. Um, still could be appeals, I suppose. I mean, whether that would be resolved, I don't know. Um, uh, big, big, on, big, big on um, sort of scaling at the blockchain layer. I think right now people can't really innovate right at the blockchain layer, and technologies like sidechains and some of the some of the zero knowledge proof stuff um, 
will enable people to innovate more sort of right at that lowest layer and enable more scalability. Uh, just getting more people into the ecosystem, I think, is 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 the biggest is is the biggest thing. Like we have to create user experiences that that are compelling to people, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that we can do that on the XRP ledger side. I'm hoping the AMM amendment will eventually activate decentralized identity. Doesn't seem uh, all that controversial. Um, and seeing things like carbon markets and tokenized securities, I think one of the problems, particularly, so like in the United States and in most of Europe, like we're overserved with financial products. Like we have access to everything. Like I can invest in anything I want right on my right on my phone with an app. But there's a lot of people who don't have those opportunities, and they basically their choice is to stuff cash in a mattress or or not, right. you know. And giving them access to tokenized securities and giving them access to things like collateralized lending. Um, obviously, they would be on the... So that's the other interesting thing. So like when you think about collateralized lending or centralized lending, we often tend to think about like rich people having a tax-efficient way to like access their crypto profits. That's not super... You know, that, the, that that's not what, what I... That's not the way I want to change the world. But if you think about it from the other side of the sort of low-risk loan for a person who can get a return who might not have access to other financial products or services, like that's really that's really big. So a couple things I want to focus on. First of all, we got 363 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday morning. Our man Johnny Crypto will be joining us soon. But the first thing that stuck out to me in this clip, Mario, was when he talked about the AMM getting passed. But then he talked about real world assets coming to the XRPL. Right now, they've got stable coins. They've got some exciting projects being built out. But things like gold derivatives, stock derivatives, bond derivatives, those are yet to hit the crypto market. And I think that's what David was indicating in this video. What were some of your takeaways? And then we'll talk about it. Yeah, he definitely said a lot in that video, in that short time of the video. But uh, one thing I keep hearing all of these different, uh, I guess you could say, figures in, in, the in the blockchain world, I keep hearing talk about tokenization. So I really think tokenization is going to be like this huge event that's going to take place in crypto. It could potentially set off like... I don't know, just massive price appreciation because the moment that we start, the, the moment that we we get this ability to, or, or that we start getting the the tokenized assets coming into blockchain, and as he stated, you know, putting it in the hands of people that typically don't have access to being able to to invest in tokenized securities, um, then that's going to be huge in and, in and of itself. So I'm super excited about that, and I'm I'm hearing these hints that all these different figures or people keep talking and, and and it's being mentioned a lot and even by CEO of like BlackRock uh, he, even him has mentioned the tokenized assets so I think that that's one of the biggest takeaways I take from that video apps uh, but obviously 2024 is looking like a really positive year for the conclusion of the lawsuit so I'm excited about that um, I'm excited to see how price action kind of behaves once we do get those news I really don't think that that's going to be a go to the moon event but it could potentially be something similar to when we we got the back in July when we got the the ruling that XRP was not a security where we get this you know sudden explosion in price and then comes back down i really think that there's going to be there's going to have to be like a combination of of narratives or news around XRP in general cuz we already know that it's not a security so i think that we're going to need like a combination of a lot of different things uh you know along with with the bull market along with an alt season along with a lot of liquidity coming into the crypto market again for us to really see XRP go up and stay up but otherwise if we get this uh this conclusion of the lawsuit and we're still in this sideways kind of action for the crypto market we might just see what we saw in July, a spike up and then correction now.
My and opinion. think about this, guys, as well. I want Alan Jackson's comment to be highlighted here. He said, when liquidity gets connected with utility, that's when we'll see price appreciation for XRP. Now, let's get more specific about what utility means for the XRPL. Having a token that can plug into any asset is utility in and of itself. But Brad Garlinghouse is discussing how banks like HSBC need this amendment in order to tap into liquidity pools and maximize use cases. Here we go. Let's talk about it. The macro environment around custody digital assets uh, is expected to be close to $10 trillion by the year 2030. And inevitably, uh, people are going to need a place to store those assets and uh, safe, secure, and they're going to need to be able to transfer them as well, having good on and off ramps, uh, even a tokenization engine, some of the work Ripple is doing around central bank digital currencies or CBDCs. So we think there's a lot of pieces that uh, come together. and we already had, and I remember when you and I first spoke, uh, you know, I remember being on a, a call with one of the largest top 10 banks in the world and a, a, com- a bank Ripple was already working with, and they were asking us about, could we help them with their custody? This is prior to the medical acquisition. And we weren't in a position to do that. And so when I think about that synergy, the ability to say to that existing Ripple customer, hey, you know, here's a, a best in class you know, going head to head, time and time again, and winning uh, on the custody uh, level, you know, to be able to bring that product to them, I think is a great opportunity for the, the two companies together. So. so it's pretty exciting, Mario, the fact that Ripple's not only communicating with top 10 banks, they're looking for custody solutions, and they're reaching out to companies like Ripple. That's a big amendment in and of itself. And I've got a really exciting video we're going to play from Monica Long later in the episode. But this is a clip I wanted to address. So let me know in the live chat. Do you guys agree with this narrative? Do you disagree with this narrative? I want to hear from our community because this is something that's been talked about a lot on Twitter over these last couple of months. You let me know what your perspective is in our live chat today. So Zach Rector, and we're going to be having Zach on the show, I believe this February, said Ripple only selling XRP to ODL clients since the lawsuit in 2020. So how is Ripple dumping on us retail investors if we aren't even the ones having to buy it from them? In my opinion, they are strategically distributing XRP in a way that is beneficial to the XRP ledger ecosystem while making a profit while doing so. Also, I would much rather have them getting XRP into the hands of institutions who have trillion dollar problems to solve instead of Joe Blows like myself. So shout out to Shaq Re- uh, Zach Rector, I mean. Well, Bill Morgan also added into this argument stating this. In fact, Ripple stopped programmatic sales in May of 2020, and sales after that time were to ODL customers only. Putting that together with the amount of XRP put back into the escrow each month and the escrow dump narrative looks even weaker. So, Mario, I feel like some shots were fired at me there because there were a couple tweets earlier this month where I was talking about Ripple's dumping, and I'm only making jokes this morning, of course. But think about this. It's a simple game of supply and demand. If Ripple isn't dumping into the open market, but in the, instead of the hands of private investors, that liquidity is not hitting the open market, meaning that dumping isn't hurting the price of XRP. And I'm going to pull up the XRP price just briefly, guys, because I think it's worth talking about before we break down these central bank digital currency narratives. We are sitting on top of a 12-month support. And TA is something that it's just one factor in this whole equation. So don't take this too seriously. When we're talking about TA, it's important to know where is the trend line and where are we headed? We've consistently created lower, I mean, higher lows and higher highs over the last 12 months. And although XRP in the short term is bearish compared to other projects, when we look at this thing, it is trending in the right direction. And we've got major catalysts sitting in front of us, Mario. So first of all, I said a lot there. Address the price chart, address the dumping, and we'll get into Brad's clip after that. Look, I think the 
the dumping, um, you know, they've made some very good, very good observations there as far as what Ripple is doing and, and, and how that could affect the price and, and therefore, you know, kind of explain the dumping that, that you were talking about earlier in the month. But um, like there, there's a lot going, there's a lot going for XRP and primarily it has to do with, with Ripple, right? We know that Ripple is, is kind of the company behind the majority of the development that happens in the XRPL or, or to potentially take advantage of the XRPL, I should say. Like Ripple's creating this like one-stop shop kind of ecosystem for institutions, financial institutions. And as Brad Garlinghouse stated in that video, well, now they can also offer custody services. So I am super bullish about how Ripple has handled, you know, the last few years being in a lawsuit and still managing to continue to expand their, their business. Um, unfortunately, not inside of the United States, which is understandable, but continuing to do so outside of the United States. So I am super bullish in how Ripple has done that uh, to this day. Now, obviously, the, the the big question or like the, the big question mark that everybody continue like that we all have is will Ripple continue to still include XRP, right, as at the core of their services? Like, do they need XRP or XRPL, I should say? Are they going to continue prioritizing the XRPL as kind of this underlying main infrastructure for, for their services. We as investors in, in the XRPL, we kind of rely on that. We need that to happen because we know that's going to lead to price appreciation as institutions begin to utilize their products and their products essentially run on the XRPL. That's going to add utility, as it was mentioned before by one of our viewers. You know, utility is going to be key. So I think that that's kind of the more, more most important thing that I keep an eye on is on whether... Ripple is going to continue to utilize the XRPL. We've heard Brad Garlinghouse say time and time again that they plan on using Ripple, uh, sorry, XRPL, that all their products, they they want to, they want it to be, they want them to be XRPL centric. So that's kind of the thing that I'm looking more when it comes to, uh, you know, the XRP, but there's a the problem with with XRP too is there's a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors, a lot of um, like XRP in 2017 was the best performing asset. It exploded and everybody has been on the fence waiting for that moment to happen again. And that's kind of the, the not the negative, but the hype side of XRP because everyone's waiting for that one explosive moment so that they can take profits, which um, is understandable. But yeah, I think that there's a lot of positive stuff. Uh, this year, certainly, I, I certainly hope that it's going to be a year that reveals a lot of these things that we've been kind of waiting for for, for a few years to find out as far as XRPL and as far as Ripple's, you know, uh, lawsuit and all that stuff. So I'm excited to see how this year unravels. And and I hope we get to see uh, the much-awaited price explosion or price appreciation in, in this asset because it is lagging behind. When you, like when you look at, you know, uh, Bitcoin and kind of the rest of the market, some of these other like Solanas, it is lagging behind. So taking all those things aside, I, I, I really think that we should have had a little bit more price appreciation considering the fact that XRP is technically the only asset with that regulatory clarity. And keep in mind, guys, this lawsuit is still ongoing, but it will be resolved in 2024. And we've got a clip to prove that. But we're going to start off with a video from Monica Long on a new podcast from earlier this week where she was asked, what are the big what is Ripple's major focus for 2024? And her answer may surprise you. I want to know what is Ripple's big focus for 2024? If you could fast forward 12 months and be like, this is what we accomplished and I'm extremely proud of it, what would that be? Yeah, we have this longer term vision of being that 
enterprise infrastructure provider, building in such a way that we're able to offer things like on and off ramp and crypto, liquidity, custody, compliance, all these feature sets together for a variety of enterprise use cases. You could think of it like for Amazon to then offer AWS, payments was Ripple's flagship and we're now able to offer our version of AWS, but it's for crypto. And so toward that, a big thing in 2024 to look for is how we're integrating payments and custody. So this is the business that we acquired last year, Medico. And yeah, I think that's how you'll kind of see the evolution of our business. Guys, remember this. In December of 2023, December 19, 2023, Monica Long put out her predictions for 2024 on Ripple's Twitter account. What was her big prediction? That in 2024, we would see a major U.S. retailer begin to mass adopt cryptocurrencies. She hinted at Amazon, right? She used the Amazon reference. I wish Johnny Crypto was here, but we all know his story, guys. Amazon is the blue chip. Ripple has many of the same characteristics that Amazon did during the early 2000s. We're going to see Ripple evolve from an on-demand liquidity payment company to a tokenization company to a financial asset company. They are going to be as big as Bank of America. If their vision comes to fruition, they're going to be one of these top five financial companies on the planet. We got 422 live listeners joining us. Shovel some love. Smash that like button. And uh, Mario, I'm going to pull up that Monica Long tweet, but give me some very brief thoughts. I've got a ton of stuff to get into we are going to talk about this as well. This is another major article we're going to have to break down as the XRP ledger is now closer than ever to the Ethereum compatibility as a second audit nears completion. This is huge. You're going to be able to combine the combination of the best things from the XRPL with Ethereum smart contracts. Anybody with some logic is going to take advantage of this. But we've also got another exciting episode, or sorry, another exciting article here where David Schwartz was explaining Ripple's collaboration with HSBC and Medico and the $10 trillion crypto custody opportunity that exists today. Tons of exciting stuff, but let's start with the Monica Long video, Mario. What were some of your biggest takeaways about what she indicated for 2024? Yeah, I think that I could totally see that happening. I mean, we've, we've already had a step in the in the direction of le legitimization this, this year, right? With the approval of the Bitcoin ETF, that's positive, extremely positive for the entire crypto, crypto space because... Um, it kind of removes this lingering thought in 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 at least in mainstream media, right? People that watch mainstream media, it removes that lingering thought of crypto being used for nefarious activity or Bitcoin only being used for nefarious activities, which they kept mentioning time and time again. Well, now we've got a Bitcoin ETF, so it's regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission, and uh, I, in my opinion, that's extremely bullish for the space. So. We also have XRP considered not a security, so that means that as th that means that the asset class now kind of has a way forward. We still have a ways to go. We still need Congress to put out a lot of these rules that we've been waiting on for a couple years, but that's a, a step in the right direction because now there's precedent law. There's precedent, you know, um, something that happened precedent. So companies are going to be a little bit more open to um to doing business in in the united states and i think that's that's going to push us in the right direction so i could totally see what monica long is saying as far as like a big player in 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 the game doing something in 2024 um it could very well be whether it's going to be with xrp obviously her being uh, with ripple or most likely bitcoin obviously because bitcoin is has an etf now so we'll see what what the year unravels but yeah. Uh, there's a lot of players that are that already have a lot of involvement apps. I mean, we've already got PayPal that that you know that's a, one of the biggest financial institutions in the world for payments, and they already 
have crypto on their platform. So could they do something else there to to like add more utility to the crypto services that they offer? Um, we'll see. Um, I'm excited to see what the year gets to to, to unravel for us. And Mario, this is ironic because the news out of this morning is there's some PayPal announcement coming later today with Venmo. Oh, that's they're, true. Yeah, They're going to be announcing some new innovation they've been working on over the last 12 months. People are hinting it could be involved with cryptocurrencies. I think it's a safe assumption, but we'll have to wait and see, guys. We're also going to break down this, this amendment right here because we're getting a lot of comments about this in the live chat. I'm excited to break this down. This morning, we got an exciting update from the XRPL. As clawbacks have reached their 80% voting threshold on the XRPL, if we're able to maintain this 80% consensus, this will be applied in the next 14 days. So let's break down why this is important, guys. And we already got 465 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If I could, if I could explain this in the simplest way possible to our listeners, you're going to be able to earn on your XRP once this amendment comes into effect. So stick around and find out, guys. The XRP ledger moves closer to an upgrade that would allow XRP holders to earn income on chain. The XRP ledger could soon receive an upgrade that will introduce a built-in automated market maker, which many are referring to as the AMM. This is a trading platform into the ledger, allowing XRP tokens to earn income on chain. The proposal to introduce it has now been gaining support from validators, reaching an 80% consensus this morning. 20 validators have already approved the highly anticipated XLS30D amendment, and data from the XRPL Explorer scan shows that the post, as well as consensus, needs a 28% threshold. So this post is actually not updated from yesterday. We did reach that threshold this morning. This AMM is a platform that allows cryptocurrency traders in a permissionless way using liquidity pools rather than traditional order books. Liquidity pools are shared pools of two or more tokens supplied by the users that are used for trades. The price of the tokens within the pool are determined through the use of the blockchain oracles. Let me just explain it very briefly, Mario. What is happening here is me and Mario will be able to take our XRP pool them or stake them onto the XRPL and people can tap into that liquidity paying a small fee, never having to actually go into the open market, buy that XRP. They can tap into our liquidity pool, pay me and Mario a small margin and then move on with their day. So that's the big amendment here. One of the main advantages of the AMM is that they eliminate the need for intermediaries and order books, which reduces transaction costs and delays. AMMs also enable high liquidity and low slippage as users can always trade with the pool, regardless of market conditions. Mario, I'm going to pause it before we go through the remainder of this thing, but there has been a ton of celebration, not only on Twitter, but if you listen to people like David Schwartz, they're very excited about this amendment. What are some of the things that you think are positive if this were to be approved? Um, yeah, that's definitely definitely uh, something that's got the community very excited. And I, I think that that's a, definitely a step in the right direction. We're also seeing Coinbase. Coinbase is doing something very similar with their Coinbase wallet and uh, and and their their blockchain. So I definitely think that these decentralized ways of of lending are going to be a thing in the future. And and I believe this is a definitely a positive for the XRPL as it it makes it uh, a decentralized exchange kind of its uh, at its core. So I believe that's going to be huge, and and also let's think as we as we start to have tokenized assets, if the XRPL begins to bring in all these tokenized assets and and the ability for you for you to also exchange into other currencies, that's going to be massive for for the ledger and and having this ability to for us or people with capital to put it into a pool potentially earn a little bit of a yield on that, it kind of brings more power to 
to to the user, right? Kind of how you do it with the bank, but you rely on the bank to facilitate that for you. This kind of removes a little bit of friction. I'm I'm interested to see how Ripple is going to leverage them, leverage this into products, and we could potentially have financial institutions, even the banks, start to tap into this. I mean, that could be huge in in their business model and and how they will allow for banks to have all this uh, liquidity and at the same time be able to make money off of fees. Mario, think about this this portion of it as well. We've often talked about companies like Bank of America. They're public partners with Ripple, right? That's there's no debate here. But are they ever going to go out and purchase five billion dollars worth of XRP? That's the real debate because with amendments like this. Regular retail investors can have these liquidity pools. Imagine if there was a community liquidity pool on the XRPL where regular investors contributed 100 million XRP, which isn't a lot if you really think about it. That that could probably take about, you know, 1700 to 2500 people. That's my, that that would be my guess. To get 100 million XRP in a liquidity pool. That means that Bank of America could just tap into that liquidity pool, pay that small marginal fee and get out of the XRPL without ever having to go and purchase these assets. So I'd like to hear your perspective on that whole situation. Do you think, because this is necessary, the banks need liquidity pools, but is this going to prevent big companies from going out and purchasing large amounts of XRP? Uh, that's a great question, Abs. I, I don't think I understand like the that part of it enough to be able to give you a, a concise answer. But based on how you're explaining it, I mean, it does sound like that would be the case, right? Because they could tap into the pools as opposed to having to, to hold large amounts of of XRP. Um, so yeah, again, I think that the, the way that ripple is going to leverage the, the XRPL or the way that they could leverage this, that's something that, that I'm keeping an eye on. I want to see how, how these, these, uh, evolve, like how these advancements in the XRPL can, can, um, like expand ripples product line and allow for banks to have access to like better ways of, of, of transacting. We already know that they're doing that with payments when we already know that they solve a massive problem that banks have when it comes to cross-border payments. Now, when it, when it comes to tapping into the liquidity pools and, and, and we talk about things, you know, we talk about things like, like decentralized, decentralized loans. I'm interested to see how much that can actually benefit the bank. I believe that there's huge benefits again because they can tap into liquidity pools. But um, yeah, I don't think I I know enough to be able to like answer your question concisely. I love this answer right here from Simeon. I hope I'm pronouncing that Dean correctly. They I'm, said they could tap into liquidity pools, but the price of XRP would still have to be high to move a lot of value. That's absolutely correct. And eventually, I do think it's going to be beneficial for these banks to go out and purchase. Oh, it says, this is very interesting. Mr. McDuck just commented this as well, guys. Abs, that feature is for smaller companies to use the ledger, not heal, not hold an asset, not hold an asset. Okay, very interesting. So let me break down the second two paragraphs here, and we're going to discuss this even further. Investors who add tokens to the liquidity pools receive a share of fees collected from each trade, but the revenue comes with the risk of an impermanent loss. An impermanent loss occurs when the price fluctuations alter the ratio of these tokens within the liquidity pool meaning that token providers could be better off if they simply held their tokens inside of their wallets. The loss is considered to be impermanent because the ratio of tokens can be restored, in which case the token provider would be gaining access, would be gaining the fees collected over time. So we're going to be earning a small year based on the fees we're charging people tapping into these liquidity pools. The AMM on the XRP ledger would mean that the XRP token holders could earn fees from trading on the AMM. 
Very, very exciting for everybody in the live chat. The AMM on the ledger would also allow the chain's users to convert to other assets seamlessly on chain while also significantly boosting the liquidity of XRP itself as liquidity providers earn yield through these liquidity pools. Very, very interesting, guys. It's, it's, it's an exciting time to be an XRP holder because these type of amendments have been talked about for three or four years. Mario's been in the community since 2017. I entered in late 2019, early 2020. These types of things have been talked about for a very long time. So the fact that big banks are going to have the opportunity once these liquidity pools exist to tap into those resources, that's just another fundamental game changer coming to the XRPL. We're going to move on here, guys, and talk about David Schwartz's next exciting opportunity for people who are XRP holders and excited for innovation on the XRPL. We've got stable coins and other assets ready to enter the picture. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Here we go. We're still in the process of processing exactly how the strategic, like Ripple had strategies that they were working on that required custody, but Medico has so much more than they have those things of layered services with compliance. They have this possibility for a tokenization platform and this integrating it with payments and liquidity. And I think we're still thinking through exactly you know, we know what Ripple brings to the table. We know what Medico brings to the table. Obviously, the two of them together is a is great. But then, what's the extra? What's the synergy that you get? I think we're still in the process of figuring out how we can adjust Ripple strategy and Medico strategy to take advantage of what the other can provide. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. There's, I wish I could talk about some of those ideas because they're great. But I mean, nothing, nothing's very little finalized yet. So that's something. And again, we couldn't really do that until us and medical were on the same side of the table. Sure. You know, and we're totally willing to give the crazy, share the crazy ideas and the bad ideas as well as the good ones without having to worry about blowing up, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars. Hmm. Mario, I got another video to connect here, guys. But what we're going to talk about next is David Schwartz, high quality assets are coming to the XRPL, stocks, bonds, digital ownership. This is all happening in 2024. And that's what this next clip is about. So we'll play it and discuss it. Here we go. That, that's super exciting. Yeah. So on the stablecoin front, that's mostly happening through the Ripple X side, the XRP Ledger side of, uh, of Ripple. Um, we've recently announced partnerships with Stasis, which is the leading Euro stablecoin, one of the top 10 stablecoins globally in Novati, which uh, brings you know large ERC-20 stablecoins like USDC and USDT, as well as an Australian dollar stablecoin to the XRP Ledger DEX. One of the things that's been missing on the XRP Ledger DEX is like a large number of high quality assets. Like there's XRP and then there's a couple of like medium, you know, and then there's a long tail of interesting stablecoins, but not like, not access to the, not like a, a, a high quality US dollar stablecoin obviously is extremely important. So, and the Euro stable coins, that's going to help bring some of those things to the XRP ledger side. On the CB, think about this, Mario, the more money that is put onto the XRPL, the higher in value the token is. If we had an XRPL stable coin, that would 100% affect the price of XRP in a positive way because more liquidity would be sitting on top of the rails that underlie the asset. It's very, very simple. But let me hear some of your takeaways and then I'll give mine. Yep, 100% app. So like it, it, the thing that we keep hearing time and time again is the tokenization. So I think that if these events happen in 2024, or, you know, they're definitely going to happen in the future and we get more assets, more activity in the XRPL. The underlying, you know, the underlying asset of the blockchain is XRP. And we've heard David Schwartz also mention in the past that the higher the price of XRP the better it is for the system. So we actually need a really high 
XRP price in order for the system to work optimally. So yeah, I think that tokenization, again, being mentioned time and time again, and I, I really want to see a future where we have tokenized assets and people have um, the ability to be able to invest in those tokenized assets. Now, do I think that the XRPL is going to be the main, I guess you could say, blockchain that's going to be chosen? Um, I think it's going to be one of them. Uh, we've certainly, we certainly heard, just heard uh, David Schwartz mentioned that they've got partnerships with, with stable coins, but I think there's going to be a combination of different blockchains. I think that the future is like, you know, we've mentioned also in the show time and time again, it's going to be uh, multi-chain. So I don't think the XRPL is going to be this primary blockchain for tokenized assets, even though I would love to see that. But um but it's certainly it's certainly something that has me excited for the future of uh, of of blockchain is tokenization and how they make it simple for the user. That's really going to be key. And there's a lot of amendments coming this year, Mario. We're going to have smart contracts added. We're also going to have opportunities for people like us to earn yields on our XRP. But this was another quote that I found in this article titled Ripple CTO compares the XRPL to Google and said XRP should be winner for cross-border payments. But let's focus on the bottom portion of this article because he's talking about how the XRPL could serve smart contract purposes. David Schwartz acknowledged the XRPL's potential to serve as a hub for an ecosystem that goes well beyond its primary focus. He highlighted the possibility of other change evolving around the XRPL, catering to various use cases. It, it included smart contracts, carbon markets, real-world asset tokenization, stable coins, and tokenized securities. I'll take a succeeding at a different use case any day over a failing use case, said David Schwartz. And we've got the amendments to prove it, Mario, because this was an article I found this morning as well. The XRPL is now closer than ever to Ethereum compatibility as a second audit nears completion from developers. Well, we're going to scroll down and focus on the benefits because that's what I think our listeners want to hear. According to Ripple, some highlights of the EVM sidechain could include support for 1,000 transactions per second, enabling large loads and throughput low transaction confirmation times, producing a block every five seconds, one block finalization time, once a block is added to the chain and confirmed, it's considered final, and the full Ethereum virtual machine compatibility, enabling you to connect your wallet and interact with or deploy smart contracts with solidity. That right there, that last sentence is what everybody should be exciting. That is one of the most prominent coding, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, languages, that exists in the crypto market, you're going to be able to use the simplest language to now program a smart contract on Ethereum and get all the benefits that the XRPL provides, Mario. So I know I connected a few articles there, but I do feel like they all fit together. Smart contracts are coming soon, as well as EVM compatibility. Tells me a competitor's on the horizon for Ethereum. What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, let's see. I, I definitely, the part that gets me excited there is the fact that we see interoperability, right? The ability for you to go from one chain to another and for us to have this connection point between different multi, uh, between different blockchains. We really need that because what makes the internet what it is today is the ability for everything to connect seamlessly. What makes a, a good product is when you are able to utilize it seamlessly with, you know, what's available out there. So, Blockchain needs the same thing. And we've got a lot of technologies that are being built, you know, with Chainlink doing one thing. And then we've got Quant that's also on the interoperability side. But the these EVM sidechains and the ability for you to take and connect it potentially with, with the XRPL, I think that's going to be uh, 
massive for for blockchain and for us to get to where we need it to be. Mario, we're going to discuss another exciting thing about this interview where Ripple discussed their partnerships with HSBC and Medico and many of the use cases that are being built behind the scenes. We got 486 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and give a shout out to my man, Johnny Crypto. He will be joining us this episode and I'm excited to hear his opinion. But here's an update from Ripple and Medico. What are they doing with HSBC? Let's find out. Ripple trying to be like a sort of one-stop shop for institutional adoption of crypto. And institutions are going to be the main drivers. So you need some place to store it. If there's CBDCs, if there's stable coins, people are going to need places to store them. They're going to need connections to on-ramps and off-ramps, payments, liquidity services. It's, we looked at many different companies. And then uh, in May, we acquired Medico. But Medico has so much more than they have those things of layered services with compliance. They have this possibility for a tokenization platform and this integrating it with payments and liquidity. HSBC, they plan to offer a custody service for digital assets to their clients. It's kind of like a, a layering service. What's great about that is HSBC can do the sort of compliance part for them. And they're looking at things like digital asset insurance, tokenized commodities like gold, tokenized securities. HSBC is extremely interested in those types of projects. Their, their Orion project, which was to, a tokenized gold. Ripple. Mario, think about this. I'm going to play it one more time. These are some of the assets that we're going to see companies like HSBC begin to digitalize in 2024. That is HSBC can do the sort of compliance part for them. And they're looking at things like digital asset insurance, tokenized commodities like gold, tokenized securities. HSBC is extremely interested in those types of projects. Their, their Orion project, which was to, a tokenized gold. Mario, think about this. In 2024, every stock, every bond will begin the phase of tokenization. And that's a quote from Larry Fink himself. If we look at this year in particular, these assets are going to need blockchains to tokenize on. Stellar has an advantage. Ripple has an advantage with the banks. HBAR is another one that I've seen that typically seems like it has an advantage in Africa. It seems like people are willing to talk with the founders of that project. So it's another bullish sign. But the last one I'd like to mention is Algorand. Algorand is a project that many people never talk about. But the tokenization that they're currently building on top of Algorand is better than any other project right now that exists inside the U.S. So we're talking tokenized real estate, fractionalized money funds, like the use cases are rapidly expanding for a lot of these blockchains. And we're choosing to highlight Ripple because this is their CTO discussing how it's going to affect the XRPL. But think about it broadly. The asset class is changing. We're moving from speculation into real world utility and assets like a home are now going to be tokenized on blockchains like the XRPL. It's a fundamental change we've been waiting for. For I mean, for you, it's been nearly a decade. So it's pretty exciting and it's pretty awesome. Share some of your thoughts about the collaboration we've seen, not only with HSBC and Medico, but what this is doing for the crypto market more broadly for many of our other favorite projects. Uh, well, we're definitely getting the confirmation that blockchain is this underlying technology that banks and financial institutions are, <clears throat> excuse me, definitely going to be using in the future. Like, HSBC does one thing very good, which is they 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 block their users from being able to invest in crypto. But then in the back end, they're literally developing and utilizing blockchain and blockchain technology. So we know that that's going to be the future, especially for tokenized assets. The one thing that that I keep uh, thinking about is which is going to be the platform, I guess, that gets widely or mass mass adoption, right? Like, is it going to be Ethereum? As you mentioned, Algorand. Like, we've got all these different projects, you know, companies, blockchains that are 
trying to tackle the same thing. And we need to keep an eye on which uh, like institutions, we need to keep an eye on who they're going to pick. And if they pick multiple, as I mentioned before, which I believe that's going to be the most likely scenario, is we need that interoperability. We need, we need the product to be seamless. And that's going to create the mass adoption. And obviously, when you have financial institutions like HSBC that already have such a massive user base and they have presence all over the world, if they choose an underlying, <clears throat> if they choose an underlying blockchain like the XRPL, well, then obviously the XRPL has the ability to bring in all of this value because they're putting it in the hands of all their users. So I really think that financial institutions are going to play a massive part into which blockchains are going to be kind of the main ones when it comes to tokenized assets. So if we have a JP Morgan that comes out and they ended up choosing Ethereum or they end up cho choosing Algorand, then obviously Algorand is going to take a massive pie, a, mass a massive uh, slice on the pie because they've already got millions of users too. So yeah, I, I, I think that um, we keep hearing these talks of tokenization and I, I think that that's going to be a massive catalyst in, in the blockchain space. And so definitely having these investments in these different blockchains. And as you mentioned, Algorand is not one that's often talked about, uh, but it's definitely one that you should be keeping on your radars. And Mario, another thing to keep in mind is that this market's so big, it's not like one of these projects even needs 50% of it. If all of these projects only got 5% of the tokenization market, HBAR, Algorand, XRP, all of these projects are at new price targets that we're not even putting in the live chat, guys. Tokenization changes the way that blockchain interacts with traditional finance. Tokenizing a $500,000 house and putting it on the XRPL, you've now put $500,000 worth of value into the XRPL that will be sitting there for years to come. But we got 508 live listeners joining us. Let's get these likes up, guys. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for being here on this Thursday morning. We're going to show you another exciting update out of Ripple, David Schwartz, where he said that these banks can't develop private currencies because none of them want to work together. Here we go. A great ecosystem will put the tools for people to use XRP and use other digital assets like in people's hands. So there has to be a thriving ecosystem. There has to be something for everyone. So that, like the reason that every one of us carries a smartphone around is because there's something in a smartphone for everyone. Like whatever you are, whatever you want, there's something that you can do with that phone that's useful to you. And so that ecosystem has just exploded. The other thing is that if there, there's not going to be one world stable coin, the world is not going to adopt the dollar. If anything, it's sort of moving into a more fragmented direction. So I think there's an opportunity for digital assets like XRP to act as sort of the lubrication between uh, stable coins as sort of the settlement. So if you imagine like a U.S. settlement hub with businesses that pay their bills in U.S. dollars and get paid in U.S. dollars. And so they want sort of a dollar denominated stable coin. <clears throat> and then you might have a hub in China that's using some you know stable coin that's pegged to the yuan. Um, you need an asset that can sort of move between those two worlds that's kind of neutral. And so I think digital assets like XRP can position themselves as sort of those neutral assets. One one pitch that I I think could work is like um, if 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 there's not going to be one world currency and like the United States probably understands that they're not going to get the whole world to use the dollar, and I'm sure like China understands they're not going to get the whole world to use their currency. They may it may make more sense to have a currency that nobody can control than to have like a currency controlled by your geopolitical adversaries. And so it could be that everybody could settle on an asset that nobody can control. This is the same pitch Ripple makes to banks. So when we go to a bank, and you might think, well, why wouldn't a big bank want a system built by big banks and controlled by big banks that runs to make everything great for big banks? 
Well, there's a lot of banks that are not big banks. Like when I say big banks to most people, they think every bank's a big bank, right? There's really a small bank. Well, yeah. Like if you say to someone in the banking business, big bank, they think, you know, JP Morgan Chase, HSBC, Credit Suisse, Deutsche Bank. It's, just, it's not a long list, right? You know, if I asked you to keep going with that list, it, you'd stop very, very soon. But there's thousands of banks. Um, and so, the you know, uh, the ecosystem is not as um, – Banks are not banks are not all the same. Yeah. Yeah, he made a lot of good points there, Abs. Uh, like, and to think that like across the world too, like we have a lot of uh, we don't have a lot of big banks as he as he made it seem, and then we also we have a lot of small banks, and we have a lot of small banks across the world. So the technology is not only going to help the small banks, you know nationally but across the world and that's that's something that that i take away from that video and mario another thing that sticks out to me is he used two banks that ripple has publicly worked with he used bank of america and he used hsbc while also stating their adversary jsp morgan but why do you think he's referencing those banks those are the ones on the forefront of his mind those are the companies that david and his fellow employees brad as well have went into their building pitched these products and showed them Digital assets are coming. It's your choice whether you'd like to adopt. But we got 513 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And uh, Mario, another thing that really stuck out to me about that David clip was when he was discussing how banks are trying to develop their own private currencies, JP Morgan doesn't want to work with Bank of America. And Bank of America doesn't want to work with HSBC. That's where companies and aggregates like Ripple come in. And this is what I was trying to describe to Mark Gusko and Gary yesterday. If we do have a world where private currencies end up dominating somehow, the best thing you could have would be a decentralized aggregate that is compatible with every single one of those ecosystems, right? If if America develops a program or a financial system and China has one and Europe has one, what's the best thing you can have? A currency that they all interact with. That's where currencies like XRP and XLM come into the conversation. And that's what David was saying to the banks as well. So I just want to reference this tweet one more time because we went over this earlier in the episode, but think about this as well. People think that Ripple is dumping on the open market. Well, the data says something else because Ripple has only been selling to private financial firms since 2020. And Bill Morgan commented here, Ripple stopped programmatic sales in May of 2020 and sales after that time were to ODL customers only. Put that together with the amount of XRP that goes back into the escrow each month and the escrow dump narrative looks even weaker. So let me know in the live chat, do you think Ripple's dumping is affecting the XRP price? Put a one in the live chat, put a two in the live chat if you think it's having no effect. But Mario, what were some of your biggest takeaways from all this info? Yeah, I think you made a, a an extremely good point, Abs, when you when you were talking about, you know, the the way that we need this kind of bridge asset. And the the one thing that the one thing that I do think is like we have the movement of bricks for example where you got this combined effort of multiple countries and they're trying to create a basket of currencies that they will trade in and so i see that as sort of a competition as to to what what you were just referring to because if these countries agree on utilizing this underlying or this asset for for trade then that kind of puts a block on 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 the potential of of xrp being this this underlying bridge asset and obviously like i know that it still solves a massive a massive liquidity 
uh, thing and, and the banks can can go with uh, with their technology because they're going to going to have massive benefits. But if the countries themselves are are, are adopting or they're uh, creating an alternative, which is going to be essentially centralized, then I want to see how the decentralized play comes into uh, can can affect that, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I'm looking at the XRP price chart, Mario, and something that's very, very clear about this thing. We are yet to break out. Guys, look at the clear level of resistance. We've got this trend line dating all the way back to 2021, and it was barely tested during the resolution of the XRP lawsuit, leading to a quick pullback. But what do we see when we zoom in very close here? We are making higher lows and higher highs. Over the last 12 months, we've seen nothing but small bullish momentum from XRP. But let's just look at history and see if we can apply that to the future. Look at what happened from 2018, and they don't go and show you the original bull run here, but from September of 2018 all the way until November of 2020, XRP was not only trading down, it was trading down and then sideways and then down again. So there was no opportunity to take profits here, Mario. But what happened? Bull market, bullish momentum, and a wave of liquidity came into this project, sending us from 25 cents to 70 cents in only a matter of days before the SEC hit this project with an SEC lawsuit, which pulled us from 78 cents all the way to 17. This is where it gets exciting, guys, because anybody who saw the bearish news for XRP and stepped in, took some action, and, and put in some buys here, they made massive profit. Over the next four months, this project did a 10x, going from 17 cents to about $1.96 at the highest wick on the price chart. This is where the we can apply this to the future. What happened next? Two years of bearish price action, except this time, instead of trending down going into the bull market, we're slightly trending up going into the bull run. So I would even say that's an even more optimistic sign for this project, regardless of the fact that everybody's frustrated with the price movement so far. So Mario, I don't want to spend more than like two minutes on this, but what do you think about this price chart analysis? XRP always moves last and it pumps the hardest. Right now it's showing me nothing different's happened yet. Yeah, I, I think, look, as I was talking before about the 2017, 2018 price explosion for XRP, um, like I was really thinking about how that's kind of a narrative that goes in, around in the community. And I want to remove that from my personal action plan for a second. And I I want to say that XRP has to go, if, if the entire crypto market goes on a bull run, XRP has to go on a bull run. So XRP has to have price appreciation, whether that's going to be the biggest explosion we see in the altcoins, who knows, but it has to go on a, on, a, on a bull run. So what we saw in the last bull run, even though we had all that regulatory uncertainty, is we still went from 17 cents all the way to $1.90. So think about the price appreciation and how much profit you could have taken off the table. So for me personally... I'm going to be looking at this asset, an asset that I've been holding for a very long time since 2017, and we get price appreciation. If it's two dollars, we're going to be taking profits. If it's a dollar fifty, I'm I might be taking a small amount of profit there. But what I'm trying to say is that I'm not going to be expecting these ten dollar price targets. I am going to be taking profits along the way, and so. I don't want to go into another bear market or I don't want to go in and have to wait until another bull run to take profits off the table on an asset that I've been holding for a long time. So I guess the point to what I'm trying to say is that if you've been able to accumulate in the 20s, in the 30s, take some profits. If that's part of your strategy, then take some profits. The reality, Mario, when it pumps last and it pumps hardest, that means typically XRP's community is the most frustrated during these bull runs. I was here for the last one. 
and you don't believe you wouldn't believe the amount of frustration that came with the SEC lawsuit. But there was still this optimism that we were the chosen one and they took us down because we had the best narratives. I agreed with a lot of that. And I think that's still playing out today. But these long term frustrated XRP holders, they're just focused on the price. I think the price will rise after positive news. And we broke down throughout the last 52 minutes of this episode, guys, all of the positive news that's on the horizon for this project. So I'm going to break down a little bit more of a fun article to end this show today as Tesla retains its full almost 10,000 Bitcoin hasn't bought or sold for nearly six quarters. I'm going to call this a sign of optimism, Mario, because guys like Elon Musk know they're going to be essential in pumping these cryptocurrency narratives over the next two years. I think X is going to add payments. I think Tesla is going to begin accepting some of these currencies again. It's just how the cycle of these bull markets work. But what do you think? A couple minutes here. Tesla held all their Bitcoin. It's definitely a good sign. And and they did mention when they when they stopped accepting Bitcoin, they, they did say it was for you know, uh, environmental reasons. And once Bitcoin reached this, this threshold of a green energy consumption, they would reintroduce it back. So I believe we've been at that threshold for a while. I remember seeing some articles at mid last year where Bitcoin was, was, um, was in the green. And so we, or the consumption, the energy consumption of Bitcoin was in the green as far as what the threshold was for Tesla. So I definitely think they could reintroduce it again. And, um, uh, maybe that's going to be one of the catalysts, as Monica, Monica Long was referring to. Maybe that's going to be one of the institutions that kind of opens the door for this alternative way of accepting payments. And, um, you know, Bitcoin is kind of the leader when it comes to that because of the because of the first mover advantage. Right. It's this asset that's been around the longest. It's gained confidence in investors. It's now gained the confidence of institutions. It's gained the confidence of the government, I guess you could say, by by being approved for an ETF. So Bitcoin is going to lead the way. And I hope we get more assets, more variety of assets that become available for us to be able to use as alternative methods of payment. Like I paid for my haircut the other day in XRP. I always do. And it was very nice to be able to transact and you know, send XRP and not have to deal with cash or cash app and all that, all those other apps. It was nice to just be able to pay this man in XRP and know that potentially the price could go up and he could double his money, triple his money. So uh, that's a very good feeling. That is pretty cool. And I guarantee if my small business could accept XRP or Bitcoin, I would be doing that right now, Mario. We got 510 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to close this thing out by examining the live chat that we had in today's show because we always ask you guys, what are some of your price targets? What are some of your thoughts heading into 2024? Let me just pull this up while we're on air. And as you can tell, oh, these stats are pretty interesting, guys. So we got 436 votes in the live chat. Do us a favor. If you enjoyed this program, show us some love. Smash that like button. But let's read these stats right here. XRP, 18% of our people believe that it will be below $2 in 2024. 36% think we're going to be between $2 and $8. 21% think we're going to be between 8 and 17 and 24% of our holders or our listeners believe XRP will reach above $17 in 2024. These are so this is an optimistic group guys. I'm a, I'm in the category of 2 to 8. I'm going to go with the majority here. 36% said between 2 and $8. I think that's a very fair range to assume, but Mario, just to close out the show, what's your opinion and we'll close this thing out? Yeah, that's what I voted. I voted on the 2 to 8 range. I think that you know, the $1.90 was kind of that all-time high in 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 uh, in the last bull run. So I don't think that I don't think that that's like going to be super difficult for us to see this year, especially uh, if the cycle of of Bitcoin continues to mimic 
And yeah, I think price action is supposed to, it's supposed to reflect that. And going into the end of the year, we should be significantly up from here if, if the, uh, the market responds similar to the previous cycles. And guys, here's just a fun video. We got a couple minutes left. Let's close it out with this Jack Myers clip. Let's listen to what he has to say. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brad. Um, what do I think about Jeffrey Epstein's banker being concerned that a distributed, decentralized, open public money could potentially be used for bad things? Sitting on a ski resort in Davos? I don't really care. I don't know why anyone cares, right? I mean, that guy knows uh, when money's used for bad things. So I, it's a weird opinion of his. And my pet rock was up, as you said, 160% last year. Uh, it performed well against uh, the dollar. So I don't know. I don't really care what that guy has to say about Bitcoin. I don't know why anybody does. I just thought that was funny. Maybe calling out the irony, Mario. And I think it's important to be critical of the guys like JP Morgan right now because they're dying on this hill. They are willing to stand there until the end of this thing is over. We're going to see mass adoption before JP Morgan is uh, done being the CEO over there. But we got 465 live listeners here. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And next week, we got some exciting guests prepared. But tomorrow, we will be back live with you guys. Love you. I hope you have an amazing day. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get the shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mario. Let's go.